You're listening to Song Stories. I'm Sophia Bromowitz. In the fall of 2019, I taught a writing class at the University of Virginia called American Roots Music. At the end of the semester, I asked my students to pick a song from the 20th century and tell a story about it. Each writer approached their song with different questions. How are the song's musicians influenced by their setting, by their personal lives, or by their collaborators? How do we as listeners feel different responses to different kinds of music? And where do these feelings come from? What did a song mean then, and what does it mean now? You can hear their answers to these questions and more by listening to their podcasts. Today we're going to hear about the song September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. This episode was written, produced, and performed by Jasmine Cow. The day just happened to be September 21st. I decided to go on the internet and see what was trending or going viral. Oh my gosh, there's so many. All I saw were posts, videos, and comments about one phrase from a remix of the song. Where does the phrase come from? It should be kind of obvious, but the phrase comes from September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Hey guys, this is Jasmine Gao. For today's podcast, we'll be focusing on the song September, as you just heard. In all honesty, I'd be both surprised and not surprised if you didn't know this song. I have some reasons why. First, this song is a bit of an oldie. It was first released in 1978. The internet didn't even exist yet. It would be understandable if someone didn't know about this song. But this song is still very well known, even if it's currently 2019. Almost 2020 even. It has been about 41 years since this song was released. This song can still be heard everywhere. The internet, the radio, and even the mall. We can still listen to the song on current day music services such as YouTube, Apple Music, and Spotify. They have a music video on YouTube that was uploaded only 6 years ago, 35 years after the initial release. That music video is almost at 400 million views. The thing is that September is not the only culprit. Many other 20th century songs emerge from the past and stay in the 21st century. This makes me question, how come songs from the 20th century, such as September, are still looming in the 21st century? What do people find in this song that allows it to be still well known today? What feelings, emotions does September invoke in comparison to the feelings, emotions that a contemporary song would invoke? Even if I have all these questions, I can state this, the past is still here. Let me lay out some facts before we dive too much into these questions. Earth, Wind, and Fire, or EWF for short, was formed by Maurice White in the city of Chicago. In terms of September, he is the main vocal that you hear throughout the song. In an article by David Nathan, he talks about how the group was formed with a very spiritual background, full of positive energy and positive thoughts. From there, albums and albums were released, and more members were added. Nathan mentions they started getting big after their album, Last Days in Time, and Keep Your Head to the Sky, then Open Our Eyes, and so on. Now, they have big hits such as 1981, Let's Groove, 1979, Boogie Wonderland, and 1978, September. 
September is a very African-American-oriented song, not just because of the artists, but also the song's style in general. R&B, funk, soul, and disco. In Nicholas Tala's book, he described the history of these genres and how they emerged around the same era between the 1940s and 1970s. Tawa described how African Americans began to use music as both an expressive form and to cope with, and I quote, the harassment, racial discrimination, and belittling of their culture in the 60s. The community wanted some music to fully represent their living, but also satisfy their tastes without compromising to white taste. Because of this, R&B, and soul, and funk, and finally disco, came to existence to represent that black pride. These genres represented the community's voice and who they were. Because of the genre's origin, the styles were gospel, spiritual-like, while being upbeat, textual, popping, and dance-worthy. Wait, doesn't that kind of sound like September? Huh. September embodies the R&B, funk, soul, and disco genre. It does this through those smooth, calming but upbeat rhythms and the constant but catchy repetition of the lyrics. No one can't help but nod, sing, and dance along to it. In my opinion, what allows a song to be so apparent today is because of that. To see if this is true, I'll use myself as an example. One thing I can say for myself is my preference of music barely expands to the beginning of the 21st century. I listen to most contemporary American music and a lot of Korean pop. Once in a while, I might do a throwback and listen to American music from the early 2000s. But based on those, how would it be possible for me to know songs from the 20th century? Surprisingly, I do. I put in no initial effort whatsoever to hunt these songs down or explore them. However, I can be just minding my own business and whoa. I hear a song and like it. It's funny because that is actually how it went down for September and many other 20th century songs. For September, I stumbled on it randomly one day because I was watching a video either on YouTube or on Instagram and the song was used as background music. I heard it and I was like, this song is so catchy and fun. I need to hear more. I think what makes this song so appealing is not only what I mentioned before about the genres, but also because of the nostalgic tone from the song. I know I know. I'm not from this era of music, because I was not even alive yet, but I just can't help but feel myself be thrown back into the late 60s, early 70s, and party to the song. If September was released today, it would probably be popular, but there would not be that past nostalgic attachment the song would have. In addition, contemporary songs released today are not able to evoke the same feeling that 20th century songs can either. A great example would be Bruno Mars' song 24K Magic, which is funk, disco and contemporary R&B. style from the 60s and 70s, but does not exhibit that nostalgic emotions like the September. I eventually found the song. Because of the internet, it's more accessible to find and listen to songs. You don't need to get a CD and a CD player, a record and a record player, or like a radio. I feel that this is what contributes and allows 20th century songs to be heard today. As new generations are born and the younger generations become older, the older generations are able to share with the younger generations the music they listened to as kids back when it was popular. The younger generations are also able to easily find these older kinds of music on their own and appreciate them. Reviews from Apple Music also seems to agree with me. 
on the 70s music album on Apple Music, a review by Mucha Lucha from nine years ago says, I'm 31 and love 70s music and hope to pass it on to my kids. Another review by Awesomeness says, It's so awesome to listen to music our teachers or parents' family members used to listen to. I'm only 12 and I'm in love with the 70s and its music. Even if these posts were from 2010, it shows how anyone of any age can find music through the internet from any era and just enjoy it. Mucha Lucha proves my point further when they say how they hope to pass it on to their children. The older generations don't want the history of good music to disappear, but remember it as generations move forward. So did I answer the questions I posed at the beginning of the podcast? I think I did. Current day services and inventions allow people to access and share music easily. Older generations are able to spread their music taste to younger generations. The younger generations are able to appreciate, share, and use music on social media. This can be seen through my experiences when I happen to stumble on the song. While the internet is the bridge that connects the past and present, what allows September to be so apparent today is because of its musical style and that nostalgic feeling it imposes on people. The song's style makes people groove, dance, and enjoy it. People cannot help but gravitate towards that positive energy. To add on to that, the song connects to the past and the memories associated with it. Both older and new generations are sucked back to the past and feel the mood when it was first released. Like September, many other 20th century songs are slowly coming back to the present, where they can be listened and appreciated once more. After all this, I can still agree with my previous statement. The past is still here. In the next segment, we dig a little deeper into this song's story. Jasmine Cow will reflect on what she figured out about this song and how she put this episode together. Um, all right, so I'm Jasmine Gao. I'm a first year in UVA, and I took NWAR last semester. Cool. <laughs> you you wrote about a bunch of different music in the class. Mm-hmm, so yeah. can we start by talking about how you got to the song that you chose? We had to, like, choose a song from the 1900s, pretty much. And so, like, that kind of, like, narrows everything down a lot. And so I had to think about it. Like, what song am I choose? Because I don't listen to many songs around that era time. And so that's pretty much what my podcast also talks about as well, about how it was kind of weird that I had to choose a song from this era and I actually know a song, even though I don't listen to that type of music a lot. And so that's why I chose, like, September by Earth, Wind, Fire, because that's, like, a song I do know. And it just came to, like, it kind of just unraveled a bit. I had to go back a little. And that's pretty much what my podcast is about. It was, like, how did I come to this song and why do I like it? And, like, um, what makes other people like it? And how does this song still relevant today, pretty much? And so that's what the base of my podcast is. And so from the beginning to the end, um, the intro is, like, what this song is, like, the background of it and, like, about Maurice White and, like, the other uh, members in the band and how it first started, the type of music it is, what did it mean back during when it was first released. And then eventually kind of went into why it's relevant today or relevant to me, for an example. And then we kind of get into like just different parts, different elements of the song, because there's many factors into what makes a song good or still like likable. And so I looked into the idea like how it has like the nostalgic feel on their music. And then also 
what makes the difference between the songs today and the songs in the past. So I said, like, that nostalgic feel, because if that song was released today, it'd be a good song. But would it be the same if it was released today? And then, like, this September, um, there's, like, a date in September's lyrics about, like, September, like on the specific day of September. And then on d- during that day, I remember I was just on the internet and everyone was playing the song. And it made me realize, I was like, whoa, people are still listening to the song. So, yeah. One thing that I loved about your podcast is you were so, like, you did such a good job talking about the ways that people listen to music now Mm -hmm. and, like, maybe the ways that that's different from the ways people used to listen to music. And I loved how much you focused on YouTube comments. Can you talk about what it was like kind of researching in the comment (laughs) section? Yeah, that was interesting. I had, like, kept on scrolling down because sometimes YouTube comments are like, wow, this is a great song, blah, blah, blah. And, like, wow, I don't like this song or something. But, like, finding, like, relevant comments about those and comparing it with other people and what they say and then based on like what I thought as well is really interesting there was many comments I had to I couldn't put all of them in there but there was many comments saying like wow this is like because it was on Apple Music I was looking at Apple Music reviews and it was in a playlist of 70s hits or something and so September was just one of them but this was more of an overall like that that genre like that era of music and then they were like Wow, I'm so happy this is on Apple Music. I can listen to it whenever I want. I can, it's so easy to access. And then my kids can listen to it too and stuff like that. And then one of the, another comment I found was super interesting was a 12 year old at that time. That comment was 10 years ago. <laughs> they were like 22 now, but um, they were 12 years old. I was like, wow, I'm only 12 years old. I listen to this music now and it's so great. I love it so much. And like that song is three times older than them. And I found that super interesting. Like, they they found this, like, on their own, and they're like, I'm this young, and I'm listening to it, and I, I love it a lot. And so, like, I found that super interesting, like, going through the comments and seeing what everyone says. Yeah. What is it about that song? People could just, like, the general idea, like, oh, yeah, it's just, like, a nice song to, like, dance to. And I'm like, like, actually, it is. Um, What gives it that little nice, like, you want to groove new. It's just something that tracks you so easily because, like, I looked at the genre, like, it's R&B, it's, like, soul. It's, like, the mix of, like, all these genres that give its, like, nice soothing feel. It's not too, like, aggravating against you. It's not too, like, soft. But, like, it's just, like, something you just want to listen to and just, like, relax to it and stuff like that. And then the other idea is that um, it's also, like, a song you want to dance to. Like, it's that's what it was originally about as well. Because back in the back in this era, it wa- the purpose of the song was for black representation at the time. But they wanted their own music. And so they created this mass of, like, genres and put them together and created generally, like, what it is. And so people, black people are able to, like, dance to it. And then they're able to, like, represent themselves. It's like, this is their music. And so... Because it's meant to be, like, a happy dancing song like that, I think that's what people are attracted to. And so that's why I think why people still love it today. And do you still like it after listening to it that much? (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I have to be honest. I'm still, like, when I was listening to my own podcast before this, I was just like, yes, this song is so good. It is so good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's interesting because, like, I don't really know any other songs and like during that era and so I'm just like this is like the only song I'm listening to I'm like wow like I can get into like more of these songs back in the 1900s because I listen I listen mostly k-pop and like it's very 
it's pop music. So it's different from R&B and soul and then like jazz and stuff like that, which I'm not really used to. And so like, I found this really interesting that I like this type of song, even though I never explored it myself. Yeah, it's like there's a kind of connection in the history of the music mm-hmm. more than there is like in the sound of the music. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you want to talk about your experience doing this research? Oh, yeah. Um, it was really hard, like, uh, like trying to find different pinpoints of what makes a song so good and trying to find sources for that because mostly most sources talk about just, like, the group themselves and so it doesn't really have relevance to the song or something. And then sometimes it is about the song, but it's in a perspective that I'm not looking for. And so I had to look more generally. So some of the sources I found were just about that genre alone so they'll talk about the about like the generations of how like these genres came so i found sources about that and then i had to look for sources for about the origin of the group how it came to be and why so it started with like maurice white wanted to in chicago just wanted to make some music and because he was doing studies as well and he was just like i'm just gonna make these music that are like this perfect ideal song that he wants and then he eventually kept going out with albums and like more songs he kept on releasing were also really popular i also mentioned them in my podcast as well like let's groove was one of the most popular songs as well like september was a big hit but like let's groove was one boogie wonderland was one so it's interesting i I wanted to talk about those songs too but it would definitely like divert me from what my original path was it was like we i chose three sources specifically i want to like kind of take like steps the first source was like the origin like how it came to be and then the next source was like about the song what what makes the song so good musically and the next step was what makes it good to us so like the people's perspective so that's what's really interesting finding the source was really hard because um um i use like the websites and like um that you recommend to like go into but sometimes it was just not it was just not what I was looking for. So it had to be Google Scholars by that point. And it was hard because some of the pages would be blocked out and I would try to like get as much as I could, but I was able to find what I could. Yeah. I mean, I think like it's really annoying when you can't find the sources that you want yeah. or you're expecting to find. Mm-hmm. But I also think that that means that you're doing something new, mm-hmm. you know, like I feel like you really contributed something about this song that it seems like people weren't really writing about. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, that way, that's interesting perspective to look at. Um, is there anything that you wanted to make sure that you said about the podcast, about what you left in, what you took out, about mm-hmm. the way that you listen to music? Yeah, let's see. Um, I'm pretty happy with how the podcast turned out because I thought at first like, all these different elements wouldn't work together and it would seem like it's too rushed or like it's too broken in the podcast. But how I presented it, I was pretty happy with it. Some things I might have left out would be more like specifics because I didn't want to be too specific on like on some information such as like the app reviews. There was like a lot to come out of it, but I just chose the ones where it would be most relevant. And then also the sources I use, there was a lot of good ideas from the sources that I wanted to talk about, but it would definitely kind of lose my purpose a little bit it would kind of dive into other subjects that it's interesting but it would not make sense with what I was talking about thanks for listening to song stories song stories is a member of the Virginia audio collective listen to the whole series and learn more at virginiaaudio.org